Dear friends, the Apostle John said, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And you know, regardless of the highs or lows, it always will stand. God loved us first. He loves me. He loves you. He loves us all. And we're going to talk about that amazing love today right here from the International Gospel Hour. Stay with us. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Thank you to our J-Webb and greetings to all of you. We are honored that you have chosen to listen to us and to study with us today from our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. We have been on the air or online since 1934, so wherever you may be listening to our broadcast today, we appreciate you tuning in and to study with us the Word of God. For about the next, oh, shall I say, 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about the love of God. We're going to be looking at that amazing love using 1 John 4, verses 8 through 10 for our lesson text. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know, I love that text, and again, we're going to be looking at that text a little bit more in depth, but I think about a couple of illustrations of some stories that have come my way referring to two older gentlemen. One story is told of an old gentleman who was asked about life and what all he had learned in his many, many years. And his reply was simple. He said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, that does it. That really brings forth what love motivated that man. You know, little children sing that, probably the first little hymn that they learn. And this gentleman in his many years comes, if you will, right back around, and he speaks as one who has lived it. Another story that I find quite intriguing tells of an exceptional theater actor who was good in his work, and he could recite words and uh, poems and stories with accuracy and, and comfort and strength. He would recite something famous, and the crowd would just applaud. Well, someone spoke from the audience and asked if he knew the 23rd Psalm. Well, he did. He recited it, and the crowd again applauded. Well, this actor had an older friend in the audience, and knowing he was a faithful man, he called him up to the stage for the older gentleman to quote the 23rd Psalm. Well, it caught his friend off guard, but... He went up on the stage, got his composure, looked at the audience, bowed his head, and quoted it to perfection. But there was no applause. (laughs) But there was not a dry eye in the house. The actor stepped back on stage and dabbing his eyes, explained the difference. He said, I knew the psalm, but this man 
knows the shepherd. Oh, I love that. I hope that you love that as well. What a powerful illustration. So, friends, I need to remind myself of knowing the shepherd and that he loves me, and he loves me, and he loves you so much that he gives and provides for us. I suppose we can ask a question at this point. As this man knows the shepherd, do you know the shepherd? Do you know the great love of Jesus, the great love of God? Today, we want to look at the great love of God, that it will move us toward love and obedience to Him. But before we do that, our J-Webb is going to come back and has a few words about our work at International Gospel Hour. Are you following us on social media? Here is our J-Webb. Why not follow the International Gospel Hour on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and others. Please type International Gospel Hour into the search engine, and you can like and follow our pages to keep up with the latest news and efforts of our labors. We would be honored to have you follow us on social media. And now, back to Jeff. Dear friends, because He loves us, God gave His only begotten Son. That's from our lesson text in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, and how we are reminded of that from John 3 and verse 16. We think about God's love in eternity, and how His Son is the eternal purpose, as we note from Ephesians 3, 8 through 11. It is through Jesus Christ and the giving of Christ that we can have the blessings that God provides today. In Revelation 13.8, it speaks of Christ as one who was slain from the foundation of the world. It's interesting to look at that phrase and to see that from the foundation would indicate from before. And we know from such passages as Colossians chapter 1, as well as other texts, how God had Christ in eternity as one before time began and sent Him into this world. God gave His only begotten Son. How beautiful. Now, allow this to take us to Genesis 3 and verse 15. When God is speaking to Satan, the serpent, who has deceived Eve, and God knew Adam and Eve what they had done, But God heard Adam and Eve admit such. Eve admitted she partook of the fruit. But also Adam admitted he partook and said, The woman that you gave me gave to me and I did eat. I find it interesting that God went back to the source of the sin. Dear friends, let me interject a thought here. There are many times people will ask, Why is there so much suffering in the world? Suffering is in the world because sin came into the world. Things were going well until we looked away from God. And dear friends, allow the suffering and the challenges of this world to drive us closer to God for the answers. Now back to Genesis 3.15. To that serpent, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. I will put ill will between you both. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That is a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, the Christ. 
how that he would bruise the head of the serpent or render him powerless, but yet he would bruise the heel of Christ, if you will, through death. Christ was to suffer for us to overcome sin. And when man sinned, God's eternal purpose through Christ was ready. It was not an afterthought. It was not an afterthought. Actually, friends, it was ahead of everything. God's love reminds us again who is to blame for sickness and suffering the old devil himself. So let's lay the fault at his feet. God's love teaches us the proper and complete definition of love. From 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And it's not that we loved him, but that he loved us. Again, that's verse 10. And his love was manifested, a word that simply means it is stamped, approved, and proven, or open to everyone. It is a wonderful word, friends, manifested. This is stamped. This is approved. This is proven. The love of God was manifested toward us. It has all the proof and then some. Let's think about that word manifested. How about in John 17 and verse 6, where the authority of God was manifested to the apostles, that it was proven, it was stamped, and the apostles could speak of authority and spoke with authority. In Romans 3.21, the righteousness of God was manifested by the law and the prophets. So we understand in both dispensations of time, and we understand that God's righteousness was proven and stamped through the teaching and the preaching of those whom he placed in our paths. The preaching of the word that grants hope of eternal life, it's manifested, it's proven. That's Titus 1 and verse 3. His love also presented the perfect and only propitiation. Another word that means, uh, another word would be rather appeasement, a clean sacrifice that is defined as the removal of wrath. God so loved the world he saw the only, O-N-L-Y, the only offering that would cover the sin of man, and that is his only begotten Son. And when God's love is stamped, and when it is sacrificed, that's because He loves us. But would you consider a second thought? Because He loves us, God gave us the church. I realize we're in a world today that seems to resist what they term organized religion. And friends, what they mean is, I just don't want to go to worship. I just don't want to go to a church. I want to recognize God in my own way. Whoa, there's a problem there. Listen, I want to recognize God in my own way. You see, now we become the authority. God serves us, not us serving God. Dear friends, we here at International Gospel Hour, it is not a position of our broadcast. It is a position that is firm upon the Word of God. We are going to speak of the Lord's Church. We're going to speak of that one church that we read of in the New Testament without fear or favor. Let's think about this. Because he loves us, he gave us the church as affirmed in Romans 3, verse 25. Whom God, speaking of Christ, has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Through the blood of the Son, the blood of Christ, have you considered how the church was purchased? When we say the church doesn't matter, 
Dear friends, we are in essence saying the blood of Christ doesn't matter. Because in Acts 20 and verse 28, Paul is speaking to the elders there at the church at Ephesus, the overseers, the shepherds. He tells them to take heed unto themselves and to all the flock, over the which God hath made them overseers, to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. There it is. The soul of man has the promise of redemption through the blood of Christ in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, and he's writing there to Christians who are of the church that assembles there at Ephesus. The ungodly, the sinner, and the one-time enemy, according to Romans 5 verse 9, is now justified by his blood, just as if I'd never sinned. You see, those that are within the church of our Lord Jesus Christ have the blessing of being redeemed and remaining faithful to His cause. That's Revelation 2 and verse 10. And the blood of Jesus Christ that continues to cleanse the Christian in 1 John 1 verse 7. Oh, friends, how wonderful is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is something that we note often, the what I call the peas of the church. How, as we noted earlier, the church was purposed of God before time began through Christ, Ephesians three ten through 12 Second, it was prophesied from God through the prophets such as Isaiah and Isaiah 2, 2 and 3. When Jesus walked on this earth, did he not promise to build his church, Matthew sixteen eighteen? And as we've noted from Acts twenty twenty eight, we are purchased by the blood of Christ. The church is purchased of Christ and by Christ. Let's also consider that makes us those who have a purpose in the church, and our purpose is to bring forth the right example and living faithful, 1 Peter 2.9. And we can have a part in that church when we obey the gospel. That's our part, to believe in the Christ, to repent of our sins as he commanded in Luke 13.3, to confess him before men, Matthew 10:32, and yes, to be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, Acts 2, verse 38. And that's what they did on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, and they were added to the church. Because he loves us, God gave us the church. Dear friends, we bring forth a lot of thoughts here on our broadcast that folks will think, you know, I need to look at that a little further I want to pause here. I want to bring our Jay Webb back in. He has a wonderful online Bible study for you. Are you interested? Here's the information, and here is our Jay Webb. Our friends at World Bible School have a wonderful online Bible study available, and it is free. That's right, it's free. Please visit worldbibleschool.org and register. You will be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. Please sign up today. That's the free online study at worldbibleschool.org. Now, thirdly, friends, because He loves us, God gave us one another. Now, let's continue our thoughts concerning the church. Paul said in Romans 12, 4 and 5, For as we have many members in one body... But all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now he's writing there to the church at Rome. And he's reminding them of how they are like a human body 
that each member of the body has a different function. My arm cannot carry forth the same as my leg. My ear cannot see, but my eye cannot hear. And he talks about how the one body, the church, and we know the body is the church, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and we know that individually members of one another or we are part of the body as saved individuals. What is a blessing therein to lean on and to support one another and know that we face things that are not alone but together? So many individuals wish to pull back from a worship or an assembly. But you know, friends, when I gathered together with the church to worship my Lord in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24, where I am not to forsake that assembly together, Hebrews 10, 25, when we come together, we were able to not only worship our Lord, but strengthen one another. Some time back, I was visiting where I preached for 16 and a half years. And I went in, and it was a joy to greet a lot of people and to see people, and I finally got to my seat. When I looked around there near the end, I might have been the only person left in the pew where they were sitting. I couldn't leave. People were coming by, greeting me, asking me how I was, asking how my wife was doing, and things of that nature. It's a wonderful feeling. I am thankful for the one another blessing that I have with the Church of Christ at the West Fayetteville, Tennessee location that oversees our work of International Gospel Hour. You see, it's folks like that that make this broadcast possible. It's the beauty of that one another. And dear friends, you can't one another by yourselves. Let's think about some other text. In John thirteen thirty four and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And I love the pattern and the text of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. That thought of the threefold cord? Listen to this. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I heard that illustrated this way. Take a simple pencil, a writing pencil. We called it a number two pencil. Put it in your hands and snap it in half. Then put you three pencils together and try to do the same thing. You might snap them depending on your strength, but it takes a little bit more. But you know, when we think about the church, that special relationship where true, honest, biblical fellowship resides, it's a wonderful blessing and a wonderful gift from God because... He loved us. Are you looking for a Church of Christ in your community? Please reach out to us at info at internationalgospelhour.com. Here's a fourth one. Because He loves us, God corrects us. Wow! How about Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 5? And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons... My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. 
For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they, indeed, for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, friends, he does so because he loves us. Verse 6. But let's read on with verses 12 through 14 of Hebrews 12. Watch what that correction does. Therefore, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down in the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. You know, going back to verse 10, we are to be partakers of His holiness. Verse 14, pursue holiness. And God wants us to understand that while He is a God of love, again, 1 John 4, 8, we must understand His severity, Romans eleven twenty two. There the text tells us of the goodness and the severity of God. Toward them which fell severity, He said, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in His goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Friends, we can understand, and I love the section of text of Hebrews twelve nine about human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. I hear individuals that will say, I'm glad my mother and my father straightened me out. I'm glad that they corrected me. To this day, I think about my mother and my father, whom both have passed on, but I think about their correction to me in so many ways, and how those reminders help me to live a good life today. It helps me to pursue peace. It helps me to do the right thing. And in Second Corinthians 5.11, listen to these words. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The love of God has opened up so many wonderful doors for you and for me. And dear friends, we need to respond to that love of God. We're going to come back and wrap up our broadcast here in just a few moments as we've talked about Because He Loves Us. But first, let's pause and hear from our J-Web one last time. Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Please check it out and listen to our other broadcasts. Learn more of our history. Download our app. Request our newsletter and ask for our free Bible study by mail. Also, check out our free resources available from our fellow laborers in the gospel. Yes, friends, all for you through our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Okay, then, let's continue today's study. Friends, let's put all of this together. I know of God's love for me. And dear friends, we know of His love for us. Now, here's the question I ask as we come to a close. How much do I love the Lord? 
as he has given by love and through his love, will I in turn love him and give myself. You know, of all the things that will await us, how can we not respond to such great love with our love for God? Jesus said, If we love him, we would keep his commandments, John 14 and verse 15. You think about the commands of Christ, they are all through salvation. When we think about believing in Christ as he taught in John 8:24, and how God desires us to have faith in him, Hebrews 11:6, and the beauty of the word repentance that we can change our hearts and turn toward God, just like they were commanded on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38. To confess Christ, that based upon our faith from the heart, that with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10, verse 10. And then we also note to be baptized into Christ. Yes, friends, that is a command. It was part of the great commission of the Christ in Matthew 28.18-20 and Mark 16.15-16. and 16. Repentance and remission of sins would be preached in His name, Luke 24, verse 47, and the remittance of sins from John 20, 21-23. Sins are remitted, washed away through the power of baptism based upon one's faith. Again, that's Acts 2.38, and even Paul will affirm such from Acts 22.16. One is added to the church. And what a joy it is to be added to the church wherein is love. Because He loved us, He gave His Son, who purchased the church, and gave us one another, and corrects us along the way. That's a pretty good life, dear friends. And we want to help you with that life at International Gospel Hour. Please contact us at info at internationalgospelhour.com or give us a call at our toll-free number at one 855 IGH 6988, and we will do our best to help you. We'll continue our studies together another time. And thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie, and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com to God be the glory. glory.